What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 67, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Nine or 19 people were fisted. Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? What in the world was that? You had to have known that one was coming full circle. Oh, my God. I wish I remember the context for that one. Hey, barkeep, what's going on over there by the on-deck circle? Slide me another one of those. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast, number three, the great Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. Hello, how are y'all? Great, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, it's uh, it's really hot in Atlanta, so I'm just sitting inside. It's All hot day. in Atlanta since when? <laughs> it's unseasonably hot in Atlanta. It's been it, the past five days have broken heat records. Really? Oh what God. is it in the 90s or what? Yeah, well into the 90s. Wow, because we're sitting right about 90 right now. So, I mean, it's pretty toasty, but it's been really breezy here. So it's been this is nice. Ben Baseball with your weather update for Atlanta, Georgia, <laughs> Monday at 5 p.m. It is 92 degrees Fahrenheit with a humidity of 35% and very minimal wind, 10 miles per hour coming out of the northeast. What's going on in traffic, J-Mac? I think, we, I, I think we need to start doing this every time. I think you having a weather corner is just obvious. Before you know it, the show will just be like a Ben Baseball variety show of dumbassness. <laughs> I know, but we've just been adding corner after corner, I feel like. There's only so many corners we can have in this place, I feel like. No, maybe man, not, I don't know. Maybe our, maybe our building, our headquarters, is an octagon or a, mm. some other sort of, like a dodecagon. Very true. I think I prefer pentagon. Yeah, mm. that would be my choice. How militaristic but, of you. Indeed. If I get a vote, that would be what I vote for. Yeah, I think you get the a vote. The reason I bring up the weather is because it's basically directing my whole weekend. like... Can't do much with the dog outside, so I got to get up early and walk her. And, like, I don't have an irrigation system, so I actually have to water the grass, um, which is not something you normally have to do here because it normally rains so much. Right. And it's really just, like, directing the way that I'm operating this weekend. As a callback to three or four episodes ago, Sam, have you finally come around to what makes a yard and you're willing to concede that it's edging? Or are you saying because you buy the fancy grass, your edging doesn't matter? Did you ever change your wrong opinion on this? No, I don't need to edge. I think if you saw the lawn, you would understand. Um, I do edge occasionally, maybe like (laughs) once a month or something, but that is not what makes my lawn. Although you'll be glad to know that I think of both of you idiots when I do the edging. Oh, yeah, I think of both of you as well when I do mine. I did it today, and it made me think of you guys. So it, right. it's you're incredibly wrong. I don't understand. I think you, the grass matters, absolutely, and I'm sure it is absolutely stunning. But yeah. the, it, with it all being put together nicely is part of the presentation. Yeah, no, it, it looks great for sure, but I don't have to edge it. Okay. We're going to inspect this, so I need to get back out there and inspect this soon. Yeah, I think with a ruler. Sure. Like, I, I would hope that you trust my judgment to say that this looks appropriate, but... Clearly you don't. So well, here's we, the we thing. It's just such a wild take here. We trust you enough to have a podcast with you, but I don't know about your lawn. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, at least you do edge it, though. That does make me feel better in the least in this whole weird opinion is that 
you do take care of it in the way that it should be taken care of. Because if you were an asshole who just like let it grow over the the sides and just into your driveway and everything, and you had amazing grass, I don't know what I would say. Yeah, and yeah. even if you mowed it, like if you mowed it, but you were still that guy where it looks like you're encroaching on your concrete area, like you can't have that. Right. This grass does not encroach, so it doesn't need to be edged, which might be the, the whole crux of this issue. It makes it so, sound like you're out there like behaviorally coaching this grass, like you're talking to this grass every night being like, don't grow this far, something no, it's like, like that. Golf, it's like golf course grass. It just doesn't, you know it doesn't vine out. You know how some people have like the super patriotic shirts and on the back of them it says really big like these colors oh, don't shit. run. <laughs> Sam, you need one that says this grass don't encroach. Can I go get my super patriotic shirt for you? No, that's coming out when we get Fourth of July type episodes. That's usually okay. when those come around, right? I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll wear Wait my up. shark shirt too. Gotta save that bad boy. All right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's good stuff. I've gotten to watch a ton of baseball this weekend, which has been very nice. I just actually have the time to sit down and do it. And NBA's been quiet, NHL's been quiet until tonight, so it's just afforded me a lot more time to watch random things like the. I watched most of the Houston Red Sox series, and then I was actually watching the Houston and the Cubs game earlier just to see what Cole Hamels kind of looks like, which is kind of an interesting good, game. Good series. Did you watch any, like, off-the-beaten-path games for you, like Indians-Kansas City or something strange? No, did not get into any Indians-Kansas City. Don't really care about that. I'm trying what to think. What do you think of the Boston Astros series? Uh, I mean, Houston took two of the three, so, I mean, I was glad to see them just not get swept there. I think David Price coming down with an illness mid-start after he'd only gotten out two batters is a rough look. At least he went today. So, I mean, he only missed, like, two two starts, basically, in the rotation to get to feeling better. And like he had an been illness? Dealing. Like, yeah. on field? Like, he's vomiting? Yeah, I think he had the flu coming into the week and just felt like he could go, but didn't quite have enough to, to actually do it. Is this the second time that Boston and Houston has played this year? And, like, in the last two weeks, I think? Something like that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... They've uh, that series has gone well. This this is actually the series that I went to in Houston last year, and uh, so it was kind of a weird flashback to see that. And just you remember us kind of running down the the comparing and contrasting of sitting at the top versus bottom and all that stuff at that game and what that series was like. That was great content. So anyway, I would maybe sad to not be there this year, but it's a hell of a series nonetheless. I think the Astros. They're going to get Altuve back, and that's going to continue to help them. Last I saw, I think the Rangers are like one game out of the wild card spot or something like that, aren't they? I know, dude. We have 500 baseball here at Memorial Day weekend, and I got to tell you, while Sam is aggressively fist-pumping the air with praise, that's about what's feeling in my heart right now. I mean, yeah, they're so they're one and a half games out of the wild card right now. That's not bad. That's a good start. The offense is good. The pitching is not. That's going to eventually catch up, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah look at Seattle. I mean, you would think that. Bad. And I mean, it's not like Texas has a lot of bad pitchers. They're just pitchers that can't tend to stay healthy. That's the problem. Also, I did just look it up for record. Uh, Houston has taken four of six from the Red Sox currently year to date. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. That series was about two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. Anyway, sorry, back to the Rangers, because I could spend all day here. Yeah, so I love mean, it. what are you guys most excited about as far as just growth on the team in general? I like that Willie Calhoun's getting at-bats. Um, I know we have some some strong opinions of that guy on this show, because he's been kind of a lot. 
Um, but good, good to see him get some reps in. And he, you know, he was crushing the ball for what, like seven, eight games. And then he got put on the DL. Yeah. They, they called him up and then he had a really good, probably about two weeks, but what I think happened and I don't know, I think this is the same thing that happened when Gallo first hit the majors is just pitchers haven't figured him out yet. I think if he was a permanent season uh, on field player, I don't think we'd be seeing that level of productivity, but I think he was that level of newness or novelty that the opposing pitching staff had yet to figure out how to best get this guy out. That being said, it was still productive at bats um, while he was, uh, while he was up, uh, while he was up in Arlington. Right now he's batting, 435 on base 458 slugging 739 and a 1.197 OPS. Does it say how many plate appearances? That has let's see 24. Like 24. 24. Okay. Yeah. So that's I agree. I think that's good good progress for them. You want to slow play that a little bit if you can just to make sure you're developing the right way and not pushing it too soon, but Yeah. And to answer your question, J Mac, I am most excited by the fact that no one was expecting Mike Miner and Lance Lynn to be not terrible. And this year so far, I'm not willing to say they've been good, but they've definitely um, been better than expected. And as a result, I think that that's really helped the team. Plus, when their bats are awake, they're dropping 15, 16 runs on teams. I'd rather (laughs) they save some of those for those one-run games, but still. Yeah, but the thing is, that's that's what I was exactly what I was saying earlier is Mike Miner and Lance Lynn. Those are not bad pitchers. They just can't ever stay healthy. And then they try to rush themselves back almost every time and it never works out for either of them. They're just that type of picture. So I mean Mike I think Miner's been really good though. He hasn't been injured this year, has he? I think if he was, it was very briefly. I don't think it was no, for very long. No IL slot. Yeah, yeah, no. I think it's he may have missed a start due to, you know, conjunctivitis or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would also touch on Hunter Pence being like sort of a bluebird uh, outperformer. Like he's definitely doing way better than we expected Hunter Pence to, but he's been mashing the ball. Um, you also have Shinsu Chu, who is kind of returned to form as well, like getting on base at a clip over 300. Yeah, I'd say, um, I'd say with Chu, he is now earning almost half of his contract. Yeah, I'll take that. I mean, You've always been lower on Hunter Pence than I have. And, I mean, if you look at his last few years in San Francisco, I understand why. But, I mean, batting 309 on base 356, slugging 650, a 1.006 OPS. I mean, that's not bad. That's really good. That's really productive for a player that, I mean, he did a lot more of those kind of numbers earlier on in his career. So, I mean, it's probably just a little bit left in the tank kind of thing and good to be home kind of deal for him. But. Hey, whatever, whatever works, man. Yeah, I'll take it. I think that's what the Rangers were hoping for, right? It's just maybe a little bit of uh, change of scenery would help this. Yeah, and you think about what they're going to do at the deadline. Like, all these guys are going to be gone, for sure. For sure. Well, and they're just jacking up their value between now and then, and I'm sure the front office is happy that they're filling seats between now and the 4th of July, because if they're one or two spots out of the wild card like that's not a bad place to be in given that we were all expecting you know the opposing team to take the field and then they call the 2019 texas rangers and they literally wheel out a dumpster that has been set on fire like that was the expectations i had for this season do we know around what they did at this point last year are you guys do you guys remember what'd you say no No. I said I think they just sucked. 
I just didn't know if they like started out kind of a 500 club and then hit a cliff or what exactly happened. No, uh, last year their trajectory, they had some stupidly bad record. Like they were six and 13 and then they started to play about 500 ball. But by that point, the Astros has had such a productive start to the season that it was, you know, the season was over by June 15th. Isn't it weird how last year was such a like out of the gate, run out of the gate type of season for all teams that were competitive, but this year it really hasn't been the case for any of those teams. It's pretty crazy. I really enjoy that about a season, like when it's anybody's division at any point. It's really yeah. nice. Keeps us from dragging ass through the AL Central in July. <laughs> we'll get there. Don't worry. And oh, we talked about that a couple of times, but to be fair, we also dragged on the NL Central for a bit just because there was still competitiveness, but there wasn't movement. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, the Reds fired their manager like right first week into the season. So yeah, I mean that put them at the bottom almost immediately. Actually, I think that they after that they turned around and went on like a hot streak, but obviously that died because didn't really matter. So whichever team has Yasiel Puig on it, I think deserves to lose a lot. I agree, man. I do not like that guy. That guy stinks out loud. You know who else hates him? Everyone in baseball. I would agree He's with like that. Probably the least popular active player. This is me sipping my tea while he not only is on my fantasy lineup, but also has my fantasy team name named after him. So whatever. Ben, we're going to have to talk about that in a little bit. Yes, I have plenty of fantasy updates for all of y'all. Indeed. Good. I I just, yeah, I think I could help you with a few easy solutions here. But yeah, I think that's that. I like that too, Sam. I like whenever it starts off kind of on a weird note where. Some teams maybe fall behind you didn't expect, and you kind of kind of see are they going to pick it up or what that's going to look like. I kind of yeah. like that traje- trajectory too. I think that's the beauty of 162 games in a season. I agree. I mean, I think the AL West is sort of case in point there. Seattle was at the top of baseball for weeks, I think, um, and now they're at the very bottom of our division. They pooped. But I mean, we called it out here. Their defense is shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We knew it was going to catch up with them eventually. It's always the case. Oh, yeah. Did, did I ask you during... I feel like... I, I can't remember. I feel like I asked one of you whether King Felix was even still pitching for them because I didn't even know. He was for a while. He had a couple of good outings this year, but mm-hmm. I, he, he's probably injured by this point. Probably so. I, I don't know. It just seems like he's one of those guys that's been around forever. I couldn't even remember if he was still on that staff or not, so... Yeah, man, I think that's a great case in point, though, and I think they do. They kind of do that every year, but there's been some teams that have gotten up to hot starts, too, that we didn't expect, like the Twins, I think look really good out of the gate. A lot of things like that. So, Well, and the Twins play in a garbage division, so their only competition is Cleveland. So when it comes to Minnesota, they made the moves over the offseason. They're having good job. They're having a good clip hitting the ball, so there's definitely a lot of goodness coming out of the Twin Cities. They have the best record in baseball. Yeah. And, and I mean, Cleveland's regressing too, right? I mean, that's that's been the case for a while. Even whenever Cleveland was in the World Series, what was that, 2014? Was that against the Cubs? I think so. 14 or 15, yeah. Yeah, one of those years. They looked rickety at that point, and like they were about to start losing pieces quickly. You didn't. They didn't look like a Astros or like a Red Sox where, I mean, they're going to look that way for a long time kind of situation there. So I'm not surprised to yeah, see was, Cleveland regressing the mean here a little bit. That was the 16 series Cubs over the Cleveland four to three. That's right. So despite like, you know, numbers, notwithstanding 
what team looks the best to each of you? Hmm. I hate to say this, but I'm I'm still consistently impressed by Houston. I think that they're just a darn good ball club, and it's going to take a lot for them to be usurped. Granted, last year they fell off because they couldn't figure it out in the postseason. The Red Sox got hot at the right time. So I think that they can be beatable, but when it comes to if they're taking the field on any given day, they have a pretty strong chance of winning. I'm on Team Ben with that one. I think Houston looks the best. I'll give a little contrarian point of view. I think they do look great. So I think if you, so I don't think this is the team that looks the best, but I think this is the team that surprised me most. Is that a, is that a fair thing to talk about here? Sure. I'd say the Yankees have surprised me most because they've had an ass ton of injuries and they have been still mashing the absolute piss out of the ball. I think that it speaks to their depth and that kind of scares me as a Red Sox fan going forward just in general. But I think they've been off to a much better than expected start. And yeah. I don't think they look as good top to bottom simply because of injury. But, I mean, they're not hurting right now. Yeah, that's a good call out. I mean, you've got guys like Clint Frazier and some guy with the last name Urshela just like <laughs> absolutely hitting massive home runs all the time. And this isn't John Carlos standing there and Judge doing all the work and keeping that team at the top. It's a bunch I of think- guys. I think Urshel is the villain in The Little Mermaid, right? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be. I was thinking about, I was looking at, I I saw like a, I think it was a blog or like an article about the amount that Giancarlo Stanton has been kind of like on and off the DL and how much, or excuse me, IL, and how much it's been, like he's kind of like been promised to be back and then they scratch him from that start and he makes a rehab start back in the minors and then it's kind of like going back and forth and they're just not really sure what's going on there it really seems like something might be wrong with his shoulder it's kind of what this kind of all led to and I feel like that's really not a great thing for the Yankees at this point given how much money they owe him for how long they owe it to him oh sure they do not want that investment to peter out especially given that they haven't gotten the level of production out of him because he only signed was it two off seasons ago well he was traded there by Jeter remember that that's right, but that was the middle of not not this season, but that was last season early on, right? Uh, yeah, no, uh, twenty sixteen. Okay. Yeah, mid season though. Yeah, and for what it's worth, the Yankees have the exact same record as the Dodgers. Here we are tooting New York's horn. What do y'all think about Los Angeles if they took on New York today in a best of seven series? Who wins? Mm-hmm. Right now, with given the Yankees' health, I think the Dodgers, and it's a pretty easy case, but. Yeah. I think if you get the Yankees healthy, that's a different story. Agreed. And the only team with a better record than both those are the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. Because they play in a garbage division. We've seen this before with Cleveland, and they, they look really good because their their win numbers are high, but then they play anybody else, and they just get crushed. They're artificially inflated because their strength of schedule is so low. Yeah, that does help. Yeah, because plus 111 run differential, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so many home runs. I think the next highest run differential is from Houston at plus 89. Whew, not bad. That's still a very strong run differential <laughs> in a more competitive division. And that's with Altuve having been hurt for the past two or three weeks. Not bad. Well, I think uh, 
that's kind of what's going on around baseball. Let's do the POS corner. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular scheduled programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, 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 huge piece of shit. My piece of shit for the week is Jason H. Oh. Jason H. JB himself, host of Perpetually Correct. Yes. This man uh, missed the fantasy draft for baseball that all of us are a part of. Um, He then was very upset that he missed the the draft, blamed J-Mac a little bit. So it's it's been eight weeks since we drafted. Jason is two and six. Um, now, you know, given that he auto drafted, I think some of that can be attributed to, um, or some of his losses can be attributed to that auto drafting, but I will point out, um, that Jason has only made 11 roster moves. Mm. Uh, You're allowed three a week. So he could have very well made 24 moves at this point. He's made 11. Um, and the key to success in fantasy baseball is being an absolute opportunist on the wire. Um, so, you know, Jason's a piece of shit because he called out the leak. He put us all on blast. It was like, I'm going to, you know, surge back with vengeance or whatever the hell he said, um, but hasn't done <laughs> shit to actually, <laughs> he hasn't done a damn thing. Um, and he sucks. He's really bad at fantasy baseball. He has the second, second least points and he's in second to last. So um, sorry, Jason, you need to, you need to pick up the pace. I mean, if you're going to spit hot fire after you miss the draft, you better, you better, better come bring it. Yeah, no, I destroyed him last week. It wasn't even close. There was an awful lot of trash being spoken from his neck of the woods uh, after the draft. So I definitely hear you how that could uh, cause some issues. Yeah. And, you know, I actually I felt really bad for him that he missed the draft. And then he was like really aggressively like, I'm going to kill everybody. And then <laughs> <laughs> like, here we are. Yeah, you, you still suck. You're in ninth of ten places. I love it. And, and the thing is, he's made some okay moves that are going to work out next year. But it's a lot of them are moves that are like, hmm, we'll see how that goes. It, the thing about the wire and part of what you were saying is you've got to, like, I'd say, how often would you say it actually works out, Sam? Like, less than 50% of the time, right? No. I, I'm, well... Well, I would say for humanity, maybe 50%. But a lot of times you're trying to catch like these young guys, like kind of in a lightning in a bottle coming up pretty quick. You know, try to get as much as you can out of them right now. And then, you know, yeah, they may not okay. be long-term moves. That's what I mean. And sometimes sure. they're just pitching well right now or something like that. But yeah, so in that, in that vein, probably less than 50%. Yeah, but that's just um, part of the but, game. And you have to, you have to constantly have like a rotating door like a revolving door of guys who can do well in short bursts um like i picked up willie calhoun and then he immediately got injured yeah um so that's just sort of part of the game and he's not he's not playing the game someone who said he was going to play the game he's not playing it right so ben let me ask you this so say you were in a league that's going just like it's been going so far this season right and just imagine all of a sudden 
two guys like Sam and I just start picking up pitchers and streaming them out every single day and mashing Dixon and scoring like 900 to 1,000 points a week against you, would you be angry? Not only would I, I be angry, I feel like I would get in my DeLorean and travel in time and make sure that I adjust the rules to allow only three pickups per week. I feel like you're speaking to me from experience. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was something we did. It was a lot of fun, yeah. though. We allowed seven moves per week. Um, and I made sure to first beat Justin. And then I told him what was going on and the whole mechanic around swapping pitchers every day. And it, it just was not even fair. We'd stream a pitcher every day. Every single day. It wasn't that you really, I mean, I just kind of watched what you were doing, and that's kind of how I found it. And then you kind of admitted to it at one point when I admitted to it kind of deal. So it was obvious that's what we were doing, but we didn't really confront that for quite some time, I feel like. It was a, a season or two, and yeah. then I was like, we, we can't do this. <laughs> yeah, it's just not nice to do to people. <laughs> okay, well, I like that. I think Jason's made some some non-moves, and that's 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 on him. So hopefully this is the call-out that makes him better. Ben, who's your POS of the week? Uh, Yes, and we're going to talk more about this in the news portion of the show. However, it is worth noting that my POS of the week is dementia. Good one. That's right. Uh, Notable today due to the passing of baseball legend Bill Buckner and Red Sox. uh, Great. Uh, But I think it's worth noting he was... 69 years old like that's not that old so i pulled some numbers here and uh it's worth noting that in a 17 year study from the year 2000 to the year 2017 if you take a hundred thousand people 30 and a half 30.5 of them would die uh because of dementia and in 2017 that number has jumped to 66.7. So wow. more than double the fatality rate when it comes to dementia in a 17-year clip. So I just thought that was interesting and worth being on our POS corner. Yes. Rest in peace, Buck. Sad day. Sad day. How, do, have, they, have they linked uh, underarm deodorants and the, the aluminum or whatever in it to dementia? Or is that just an old wives' tale? I'm not sure, honestly. I've never. I don't know if I've ever heard that. I've heard some like that'll have to be someone's conspiracy blog. But I mean, until that <laughs> point, until I get proof, I'm just going to keep using this crystal I found in the backyard. I'm not. Tr- what did you find it while you were digging the holes, Ben? <laughs> Absolutely, you knew this was coming. Yep. Now the secret is out as to why those holes were being dug. <laughs> no, we already hammered out why those holes were being dug. You can't run away from that. I flushed that one out once again. I think, yep. Will you slow clap that? I don't know if there is a slow clap. Do I give the crickets or the, the applause? What is that? Either one. It okay. deserved either. I'll just, I'll just give it the crickets. Thank you for the help in that executive decision. Okay. Me for the POS? Yes, sir. Okay. So, like Sam, mine involves our fantasy league. I'm going to name One-Eared Ivan as the POS of the week. Legendary One-Eared Ivan joined the league, what was that, three seasons ago, Sam? Something like that? I think this is his third season. Third season. In that time, he has amassed a 7-45 and record. Oh, my God. 7-45. and That is... Somebody take him out back and shoot him. Just put him down, man, because that is rough. 
That is bad. And I just want to take a look at his roster real quick. And I know we all hate doing this whole fantasy, you know, who's on whose roster. But it's worth noting what is going on on One-Eared Ivan's roster right now. He has starting an outfielder, Chuck Nasty, on the 10-day DL. Giancarlo Stanton on the 10-day DL. He has Nelson Cruz on the 10-day DL. And he has one, two, three, four people on his bench that are on the 60-day DL. Oh, my God. So I don't know if the lack of moves here is more shocking on Jason's front or one-eared Ivan's front, but that is how you amass a 7-45 and record in three years. Oh, my God. I would say with Jason, it's one thing because it's an eight-week sample size. But with Ivan, oh, my God. Well, and Ivan also didn't threaten to blast us in the ass for, you know, for (laughs) auto-drafting. So at least Ivan's owning his shit. Yeah. And, you know, Ivan is always the first. He's very often responsive to emails. He sends me the money for the league, the buy-in. Nobody else sends me the money. Oh, really? Literally nobody. Have I not? I have to I have to bother people when it's all over and they've lost. And then I'm like, hey, you owe me money. <laughs> so Ivan at least does that. I think he enjoys being a part of it, I but so he's too. terrible. He's terrible for a very different reason. Is is it the ear? No, it's not the ear. Oh, it's the ear. I don't know that it's the ear. And he'd be the first to tell you if it was, I think. But, but maybe... <laughs> Okay, so here's some logic. Maybe it's like the pop of the glove thing, you know, you're just it's part of your senses for baseball and maybe maybe that's maybe that is the problem. I don't know. But I feel like he'd be the first to tell you. He just probably doesn't have the time to do it. Jason has gall. He had the gall to put us all on blast and he sucks. Right. And I mean, he can talk baseball as well as we can. Like he knows so much about baseball. That's the most disturbing part of the whole thing for me. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call that into question, too, because um, literally not very good at this. And Let's get him on an episode. Let's do it. We'll, we'll try to get him on next week so we can talk about this. I feel like we need to hammer this out because this is, this is outrageous. <laughs> you know what? We'll try to get one ear diving in here, too. We'll do a double segment. <laughs> it's just <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a segment. That's an intervention. Yeah, that's a full intervention for sure. But I feel like you'd be electric for the show. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Yeah, that that would be because the other thing about this too is we just reformed the league to throw people out that aren't doing the work required to be in the league. And you know, Ben, you you'll talk more about yours here in a little bit because there's reason to, but at least you're trying. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. So, again, I'm not Ben has made, ben has made 5 moves and Jason has made 11. I'm not calling out Jason, though, for, for not trying. That was not my thing here, but I am jumping on the, the moves bandwagon. Hold here. on. I, yes, I have made five moves because I drafted. True. How many moves <laughs> have I? How many games have I won? I've almost won more games than Ivan's won in three years. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Ivan, you're on the hot seat. Yeah, and, and I, I should have talked about this, too. Of those seven wins, there were, like, four of them that were at the end of a season where almost everyone stopped giving a shit that we're in the bottom half of the league. And two were against Jason. Just kidding. Yeah, no, J- <laughs> I think at least two of those seven wins are against me. Yeah, like, I think I so too. Some out of everyone except Ivan would just have this like ridiculous week and beat me. And I was like, God, how did I lose that guy? It would happen. Yeah. And it would be like, he'd have a week where you'd have two Chris sale starts two Kluber start, you know, like that kind of thing. Not, 
he didn't have those pitchers. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah. all the way around where your elite pitchers start twice. That's always helpful mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, well, that's a good POS corner. Uh, ben, who is sponsoring the pod today? Are you tired of using a drill for all of your fastening needs? When life gives you nails, do you wish you had more confidence in a hammer? Well, look no further than Hammer and Hank Aaron's Handyman Lessons. With classes now available in Milwaukee and the greater Atlanta area, you too can be proud of your own accomplishments, even if you don't become a lifetime 305 hitter with 3,771 career hits. Give Hammer and Hanks a try today. Tell them the outfielder sent you and receive 5% off your first order. Back to you, Sam and Justin. You're getting an applause on that one. That one was good. That was very good. Why Why Milwaukee? Is that where he lived? No, he started as a Milwaukee Brave when he joined the league in 55. Mm. Love it. Okay, I love a good history lesson. I think Milwaukee moved to Atlanta in 60, but I might be wrong. Might it was somewhere been. in the early 60s. I was going to say, yeah, it might have been right around that time. might have been a little earlier than that. I can't remember. What would you say is the most popular class that this place offers? Oh, um, yeah, it has to be Hammering 101. Hmm. Hmm. Otherwise, um, you know, I think I think their miter saw services are really undervalued. But uh, I think overall, you got to go with a namesake. Perfect. Do they offer class like classes in like batsmanship and things like that? I mean, you know, like making your own bats. What Tater makes mashing? you think this is baseball related, Justin? Mm-hmm. This is handyman services. Why are you thinking baseball? I don't know. Just seems fitting. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, Ben, let's go through some news headlines. Absolutely. So uh, we start our new segment today with something we've already teased. Quote, Bill Buckner, a sweet swinging left-handed batter who amassed more than 2,700 hits in his career that spanned four decades, died Monday at the age of 69. Gentlemen, why should I care who Bill Buckner is outside of the 86 series? Two reasons. Well, Sam, you go ahead. He's an MVP one year, right? Yep. That would be my year. Yeah, that's definitely one of them. I would say the other... I'll give you two more reasons then on top of those then. Uh, one, the whole 86 Red Sox situation that we all know about where the ball went between his legs and he just missed the catch and cost the Red Sox... Well, what people say cost the Red Sox a World Series, but they also went on to lose three games after that. So I don't know if that can really be blamed on him. And then the other one is... The mere fact that he owns it, so, he owned it so well, and then made fun of it in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, was absolutely insane. So, all great reasons to love Bill Buckner, a absolute like stalwart of a time. So he played like what seventy nine to ninety something like that. Let yeah, me... I want to say his career dropped off in the early nineties. Yeah, but he amassed a two eighty nine. 321 408 split with 174 home runs, 183 stolen bases, and upwards of 10,000 plate appearances. That's solid. Not bad for that time in baseball. And he also played he played Red Sox, Cubs, Royals, and Angels. So, I think that the one thing people who only remember him for the 86 series don't realize is that the Red Sox would not have been in the World Series that year if it weren't for Bill Buckner. You know, so it's like Correct. there were essentially on on borrowed time before the Buck Luck ran out. <laughs> what a great joke. 
Yeah, I think Sam. What is your your take always been on that eighty six missed catch thing? I mean, do you think? I mean, that definitely set off a chain of events, but that's not. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go through my thoughts without being too anti Boston, but Boston Boston gave him a very bad rap for that. Like, yes, one bad play, um, team did bad job rest time. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Use few words. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Faster. Yes. No, agreed. They really, like Ben said, they were on borrowed time anyway, I feel like. And, I mean, it's just one of those things where it kind of curved the wrong way. And then all of a sudden he turned into the scapegoat. And that, that whole story kind of led into the Steve Bartman thing because those kinds of things happen. And that is absolutely terrifying as a fan. Could you imagine if the whole fan base turned on you? No, like, and not even, so like, I feel bad because, you know, we're only less than 10 years removed, but I feel similar thoughts that I'm guessing the Red Sox fan base felt towards Buckner about Nelson Cruz based on the 2011 World Series. So, but then again, I then think about it and I was like, well, maybe I don't want to feel these things. Maybe that's the wrong response. Well, and where it's different there is that, yeah, that Sam cost is them just shaking his head. Sam is just shaking his head. <laughs> that so would have been it. <laughs> that was the play. Yeah, no, 100 percent. That would have sealed it. So that is one thing. But if then you so if that happens to him and then the team goes on to lose a few more games after that, that's another thing. But that was you guys moment to make it. And that would have been it. That was that was over. That was the World Series. But right. The team went on to lose a few more games after this Bill Buckner thing. So you and the same thing happened with the the uh, Steve Bartman thing with the Cubs, where the whole fan base had turned on him. The team went on to lose like three more games. So I mean, I don't really know how that becomes the turning point, but I, I get what you're saying. It, it's absolutely it's worth being outraged about in that sense. But I mean, if your team turns around and loses a bunch, I mean, what right? Do you expect? I mean, as the Rangers fan, when I watched the Nelson Cruz thing happen. First of all, I've got to say that my father, who's not a very uh, animated person, was sitting down, relaxed. He immediately stood up and was like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> uh, and that that was like, that made me realize how big a moment it really was. Yeah. Can we um, mark that? Yes. <laughs> there's, there's something to be said for me and everyone who's a Rangers fan collectively knowing that we were going to then lose the rest of the World Series after that catch. Um, I think that says that we, you know, we knew that we were imposters the whole time. You guys weren't though, dude. Those teams were so good. The second year more so than the first, but the the second year team was badass. I mean, that team, we talked about Josh Hamilton being put in the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame. We haven't talked about that on the show, but we're about to. But I mean you want to talk about lightning in a bottle for a player. I mean, he was hitting on all cylinders that year. Yes. What do you guys think about that? Do you think he deserves to be in the Texas Rangers Hall of Fame? That's yeah, a perfect segue. I believe yes, but it is sad. Yeah, I think so. What Elaborate. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's sad because his career numbers aren't that good. Um, he's not a Hall of Famer for baseball, like in anybody's book. Um, he just happened to have some really great moments for Texas. And I think there's a lot of emotion tied to the decision to bring him into the Texas Rangers hall of fame. Like it's a great comeback story of an addict and 
you know, just kind of all, it all ties into uh, his, his performance in very key moments. I would agree with that. He did good by us. He, he did. He definitely did. And to be fair, most of those problems didn't really exist in Texas for the most part. I think some of those manifested themselves at the end, maybe a little bit, but overall he was pretty healthy when he was in Texas. It's true. I, I say all of those things, but I also think he's a piece of shit. So let's be clear. So Texas had a full-time person on staff whose job it was to keep Josh Hamilton out of trouble. So sure. if I have to spend extra resources for you to not go on a bender in order so you can play mediocre level ball, I have some feelings about that. Yeah, but mediocre, I mean, he batted 359 on base 411. Slug 633 was a 1.044 OPS. That's not mediocre ball. That 2010 season. That's a damn good year. I would add that's not an uncommon occurrence. Uh, CC Sabathia and uh, Miguel Cabrera also have people following them around, making sure they don't drink too much. Correct. That's more common than people probably even realize. So, I mean, I'm with you, Ben. I get it. But I, I, I think that there's I think the production was worth it at the time. No, so absolutely. And when he was here for that middle run, he was in um, he was a decent outfielder. He was amazing at the plate and he meant an awful lot to the fan base. And by meaning a lot to the fan base, you're likely deserving of going to the, the team level Hall of Fame. With that in mind, Justin, you've lived in North Texas now for some time. Sam, you're from here originally. How often have either of you been through the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame? I have not. Zero times. Yeah, I've been same to the thing over here. Probably 300 times. Three, three to 500. I think we need to do this whenever Sam's in town next time. We just need to, the three of us go do this. Well, that, that's what I'm saying, though, is like, good for him, good accolades, that it doesn't change my level of Ranger like or dislike, whether or not he's in there, nor does it influence or, you know, curb whether or not I'm going to the Rangers Hall of Fame. Can I tell you my benchmark for reaching the Hall of Fame for the Texas Rangers or a team level? I would say it's the Michael Young bar. This yes. was a, a great Texas Ranger, an average, maybe above average ball player, never MLB Hall of Fame material, but in our hearts and minds, an excellent Texas Ranger. I think Josh Hamilton falls below that bar. So, and that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think you could make a stronger shot for Michael Young needing to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame than you ever would Josh Hamilton. Then Josh Strong Hamilton agree. even gets in the conversation. I don't think Michael Young's going to get in there, which as a Michael Young fan is sad, but I get it overall based on like what they look for. The dude was a terrific fielder and pretty solid at the plate. And it seems like now they're looking for people who are great behind the plate and maybe okay fielding. Yeah, yeah. They tug at our heartstrings more than anything. It's so crazy that he played in Phil, uh, Philly and in uh, Los Angeles for a season mm -hmm. during 20, 2013. That's pretty crazy. I don't even remember that at all. I was going to ask you guys: is there is the requirement he wouldn't have to be a lifelong Ranger in that that scenario, no. right? No, no. So, like, where would Daniel Murphy fall for you? Hmm. 
that's the thing is what did he accomplish as a ranger so i'd say a better question would be someone who accomplished a lot as a ranger but also accomplished a lot elsewhere so when people think vlad guerrero they don't think texas rangers and he made it in the hall is he wearing his angels cap or expos cap expos expos for sure Okay, so, so that's the thing is like there are two teams you think of before that, but I think Vlad Guerrero will be in the Rangers Hall if he's not already in there. Interesting. Just mm. because of what he was doing in Texas. I would give Daniel Murphy the nod for the Rangers because this is a guy who embodied clutch hitting. I said Whenever, Daniel Murphy. I'm sorry. I meant David, David Murphy. David yeah, Murphy. I put that in your head. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, you did. Uh, and I got them confused when they were you know both active anyway. Same. But yeah, yep. David Murphy embodied clutch hitting when he pinch hit home run a bunch um, on one of those World Series runs. It was it was a beautiful thing to watch. And again, the the team Hall of Fame, I think, tugs at the heartstrings of the fans more than points to, you know, numbers. He was a solid second half of the batting order guy to have. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think you have to have quality role players like that that know what their place is. For sure. For sure. Y'all want a different headline? Sure. This is trade talk. Scott Boris stated, uh, quoted as saying, Keuchel simulation games are being heavily scouted. What do y'all think of, is Keuchel being heavily scouted or is Scott Boris just looking to add a few more zeros to his paycheck? Yeah, no, he, there, he's definitely being scouted. This is a guy who can add a lot of value to a lot of clubs. And um, after this, the draft next Thursday on the 6th of June, um, there will no longer be a draft pick uh, tied to it. Team, team, teams give up a draft pick if they have to pick up a free agent or something. That that won't be tied to it any longer. So definitely someone's going to pick him up almost immediately, I think. So where do you think he's going to end up? Whew, maybe the Yankees, maybe the Rays. I think the AL East is pretty hot right now on pitchers. God, if he goes to the Yankees, that would ridiculous absolutely ridiculous i just wonder what that was that's gonna cost i just i really can't wrap my head around whether this is going to be like a short-term one-year deal or if this is going to be like a three-year thing i I really don't know i can't decide i don't see it going any more than three years though right i think two okay two to two to satisfy keichel the team is really in it for one knowing that they want one year out of it and that wouldn't be a bad get for the yankees I, I don't really hate that. I don't really see a place for him in Boston. So I'm just trying to think. I mean, maybe could Philly. I guess Philly just doesn't really know what they have in their pitching staff yet. Well, they've got a lot of wild cards out there with like Nick Pavetta and Jared Eikhoff and what's the other kid's name? Vince Velasquez. They're all yeah. kind of um, they're not reliable enough or consistent enough. So they could they could use a Keigel for sure. They're young guys trying to work it out, it seems. Yeah. All right. I have one last headline, and it's also about pitcher signing. Did you see the rumor that the Tigers were going to pursue Big Bartolo Colon? Oh, my God. It has since been shot down, but I guess a Dominican journalist, uh, Santiago Martinez, said that, uh, quote, the popular portly Dominican right-hander was headed to the United States to sign a minor league deal. Um, Santiago Martinez has got to be credible. Like, that, yeah. no doubt about it. Sorry, man. I mean, 
you nailed it. Popular and portly, Dominican and right-handed. Those are four solid facts when it comes to describing uh, Bartolo Colon. But it looks like uh, that was uh, a little bit of fake news, or at least right now he's not headed to the Tigers AAA affiliate in Toledo. He's Y'all prob- think uh, Bartolo should go somewhere? I think yes. He's, I, I think he should, but I think he's probably done. Did you guys see Bartolo Colon's birthday cake the other day? Yes. What? <laughs> yes. No, it was me. amazing. I got to tweet that out of the main account later. I'll tweet it out. It was it's like, great. I think it was like maybe six or seven sided, really tall cake with uh, whatever that sugar coating stuff on it is. You guys know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, uh, fondant. Fondant, yeah. yeah. And on the bottom tier of this cake, it's like six or seven sided. There are two baseball teams on each of those sides because he played for so many baseball teams. <laughs> it's like, here's the Red Sox and the Blue Jays and, you know. Oh, my God. Rangers yes. And, the A's, and it was it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I'll tweet out of the main account later so everybody can see and knows what we're talking about. He ate most of it himself. He I had to have. In one bite. He's never even, like, considered getting in shape. That's the craziest part about it. But Why should I if I can still control a 92-mile-per-hour pitch? It's a good point. He shifted his game enough to be able to stay relevant. And that's not yeah. that's an admirable thing. Right. Bartolo Colon is one of the t- the few like tall tales left in baseball. And I definitely hope he gets signed by the Tigers. I just or don't know why they would do that because they're actively trying to burn that thing to, to the ground is what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, Ron, Ron Gartenheyer is just a joke up there already. That puts seats in seats, man. It does. Sure does. Well, that's how we round out the news, gentlemen. Okay, so as promised, I said that I would get intro music ready for Ben's new segment, Ben Baseball's Blathering. So are we ready for this, guys? I am so ready. Uh, I've never heard this, Sam. Have you? I have not, but I'm ready for Triple B. Excellent. Here we go. It's time for Ben Baseball Oh, that is brilliant. Holy shit. That's so good. good work. <laughs> is that sounds Claire? Like, no, that's me. <laughs> that sounds like in 80s, like, made-for-TV Disney movie, like, it does. fix-it-up montage. Sounds yeah. like the Running Man intro. <laughs> exactly. That's where my head was at. <laughs> well, yeah. So, as promised, there you go. All right. So, well done, J-Mac. Can you give yourself the applause on that one? First off, that was incredible. So last week in Blatherings, we tackled a number of issues, but this week I want to wrap up today's show by talking about my agitation in our fantasy baseball league. And I know we've talked on it a little bit more, but it's worth noting that my team, the Man Bear Puig of South Park reference, just narrowly lost by less than nine nine points to J-Mac. And in this case, I know that y'all aren't streaming pitchers, well, I got to say, what am I doing wrong? I am three and five, eighth place. What the heck is happening? Okay, so while Sam has a chance to look at the lineups, I'm assuming that's what you're doing right now. I think that you need a fresh name here. 
I think you need to go away from the South Park reference. You're a Simpsons guy. You got to write that in there somewhere, maybe. Something like that. I'm taking notes. And by the way, for those of you listening at home, I welcome any and all suggestions. Yeah, we're please reach out to our social and everything and give Ben suggestions. But, I mean, just out of the gate, I think you got to be true to who you are. I think that'll be a good start. All right, so step one, Simpsons name. Any other suggestions? It doesn't have to be a Simpsons name, but just something that's, you know, I don't know, like something involving Clayton Kershaw's Claymore or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. You are a landline yeah. guy. You know, Ben, I trust you to put together a good pun based on a, a baseball player's name. That's my go-to. This is where we came up with uh, Eggs Odorizzi. That's my newest Dude, name. <laughs> Top-notch. Top-notch. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I'm looking at your lineup for the first time. You have incredible name recognition. We've got Wilson Contreras. We've got Chris Bryant. Christian Yelich. I mean, there's there's like a dearth of there, there's like a lot going on here, um, but it's not tying together for you for some reason. And I'm wondering if maybe you're picking up guys based on them being good in prior years and not what they're doing this year. Well, and that's kind of what I'm thinking is at what point do we not fault the players and we fault the manager? So while I'm not necessarily, I don't have the capital to jump in and to just stream pitchers like y'all did or uh, to manage it. In fact, only yesterday did I figure out how to add someone to start tomorrow, like but to, <laughs> oh, to do it the, the right way. Right. The following day. Yeah. Right. So. I think we're getting there. It's just about turning a corner without having both of y'all punch me in the teeth every week. Yeah, so there's so, some learning curve here then, for sure. Can I get real tactical with you real quick? Get rid of Miguel Cabrera and pick up Justin Smoke. That's That That would be A-plus number one. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think get rid of Mike Clevenger as well, because I don't think he's coming back. That's just taking up a DL spot for you. That's good. I think going to come back midseason. No. I like the JA hat pickup today. Yep. That that's working well. Hmm. There's some guys on here who I don't even know who they are. Michael with a Y Givens on Baltimore. Yeah, Ugh. Baltimore stinks out loud. Yeah. They I, we just I said mean, the, I'm, I'm spending all three moves to pick up whoever's just the top, the top 3 players in in rank. Yeah. Just, just get the, dump the dump top. some trash. The top layer of cheese. <laughs> yes, correct. That should be it's a butter. future drop. It's butter at that point. I know. That's uh, that's how I that's how I pick things. So anyway, I appreciate y'all letting me spend today's episode of Ben's Baseball Blatherings soliciting fantasy baseball help. So definitely got some good nuggets out there, and hopefully, I will no longer be a disappointment to my family. I don't think a, a disappointment to your family is. I don't know if we really need to go that far with it, but it's. Would you say they know that you're doing this and they know what fantasy baseball is? Yeah, well, they're aware. I complain about it every time I lose. So there's some <laughs> shame. That's good. That's good that they know. You got to tie in the emotion oh, yeah, somewhere, man. I guess. You yeah, know, I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> that was a drop. One that more time. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know anything. That was a request. I don't. Yeah. I don't know anything. Invalidates your, your moves. No, Ben, I, I, I see your emotional tie to it. But, yeah, I think a new team name, you know, 
get a new uniform set, freshen the colors, you know, kind of kind of just do a, a little mid-season revamp here. We're like just over a quarter of the way through, so I think that's a good time to do it. And I think, too, in a way, you've probably watched to see how some of this plays out, right? Yes, I am still very new to this. Yeah, and I think it's... That's the other part of it is just getting a feel for when to be aggressive pitching-wise and when to be aggressive on your offense and when to cut bait with somebody. That's probably the hardest part is knowing when to cut bait. So Yeah, I, I am a terrible bait cutter. <laughs> Mark that. So with that in mind, we definitely want to thank everyone for listening. If you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out at SensiblyLoud.com, your home for music, news, sports, lifestyle, and entertainment. So definitely, if you like what you hear, hit us up on social media. We are all over Facebook and Twitter. Plus, we got a few good old Instagram feeds. And hey, if you're made it this far, I assume you like podcasts. Well, if you like podcasts, you need to check out Just Peachy on the break and of course the newest installment to the sensibly loud family that's right i'm talking about perpetually correct don't forget about our flagship show sensibly loud radio thank you all so much for listening we want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 67 of the outfielder podcast we would like to thank all of our fans sensibly loud media our sponsors and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close grounds crew please keep patrolling that outfield don't text and drive. Big ups to Kevin Towers, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outbuilder Podcast. Stay hard, Bill Buckner. <laughs>